right. Check, 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 check. All right. Yeah, we're in. Hold on. Let me just. Yep. 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 Sorry, I had my headphones on. I was trying to make sure it wasn't outputting through the speakers, too. It could muffle up the microphone. But yes, thank you. Thank you for joining us. Joining this. This uh, this little Week in Review podcast. This is the Week in Review podcast. And I say us because uh, we got a, I got a special guest on today to the point to where I really have nothing much to check in on right now. Like, normally, you know, I would sit here and meander and... and, and you know, unclog some of these uh, mental plugs that are floating through my brain. But luckily, I have a, I have a friend. I had a friend to help me do that today, this afternoon. And uh, yeah, I want to just I, I just want to drop us in. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this about about who our guest is. He is uh, he's uh, my hetero life mate. Um, I've known him since the beginning, since the very beginning of not, not my life. We haven't known each other that long, but like my new life, eh, I don't know if I want to say it's my new life. Let's just say that I've known him since I began the process of, <laughs> of learning and knowing who, who I am. So like we've been with each other ever since we both, all right, fuck, I'm just going to say it. We met, I was, I was zero days sober. I was one day sober and he was nine days sober. And, uh, you know, we met, um, we met and, uh, we've been, we've been BFFs ever since. Sober swing men even is probably the best term to describe us. Just a couple of sober swing men. And, uh, uh, (laughs) I should probably, (laughs) I should probably explain what that is. Damn. I wish we would have talked about that. Dave, dude, now that you're, I know you're listening, bro, I wish we would have talked about that, dude. But allow me to explain what a sober swingman is <laughs> to everyone else. Okay, so a sober swingman is, you know, we learned this early on, you know, in our recovery. We were going out, we were playing pool, you know, we were going out to club, we were, you know, karaoke, doing our thing, you know, we were, we were, we were, we were, uh, we were fresh eyed and bushy tailed and just <laughs> out there to have a good time. Uh, and we realized that there were a lot of drunk people floating around, a lot of people that, uh, could have used uh, not only a designated driver, but a, an associate, <laughs> a, a person to help guide them towards their goal or destination, whatever that may be. And so Dave, uh, Dave and I came up with the idea of uh, a sober swingman service where essentially we, uh, we show up, we, we show up as your fucking best friends. You know, we show up as your dogs. Like we're there to fucking be your fucking dudes. Uh, we're not there to just pick you up and drive you home. We're there to provide an experience and that experience is getting you and helping you achieve whatever it is you're out there to achieve or whatever evening that is <laughs> you can use your imagination whatever whatever the client has whatever their needs have you know we're there to just keep them on the straight and narrow and get them home safe and uh yeah that's the uh, sober swingman but uh yeah yeah well, we didn't get a chance to talk about that so that's what that is what we did get a chance to talk about is a whole bunch of shit. Life, love, the pursuit of happiness. We talked about, you know, uh, figuring out, you know, what, what, what are, you know, what do, how do we have happiness? What is that? Who has that? Who, is it a real thing? How does it happen? You know, we figured it out. We think we figured it out. We were trying to figure it out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, that, that's in the, in the conversation. Uh, Dave is a, he's a, he's a touring, uh, he works with musicians. Uh, he's a, uh, he's a professional, uh, on the road. 
with 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 bands and 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 stuff. So I don't want to do too much. I don't want to over-explain because he'll explain it in the episode. But yeah, we 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 go everywhere. We go from the very beginning, sitting in his car outside of the uh, the the meeting place we used to go to for hours at a time, just talking about what it's like. You know, trying to figure out this thing, trying to figure out how to how to you know be, you know, how to be. I guess to put it bluntly, how to be sober. And, uh, you know, we've been together through the process this whole time and it was an honor and a privilege to go meet up with him today and, uh, have this conversation. I can't wait to share it. A, uh, before I, before I put us in, before I drop us in, let me say this. Uh, I, I had a question for him about change. That's where we kind of start off in this. I just pressed, started pressing record. So, you know, I I was uh, I I wanted to know you know you know can we change? Can people change? You know, and uh, that's where it starts. You know, we want to you know what is this? Who is me? Who am I? Am I different than I was yesterday? Is am I the same guy that was uh, uh, there back uh, seven years ago when me and Dave first started doing the do? You know, like who who is who am I? You know, the uh, the quintessential Zoolander question you know no matter where you go you always zoolander on this question of who 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 am i yeah i've gone way longer than i expected to go (laughs) i'm just so i'm just so stoked about this episode but yeah let's go ahead and drop us in this is uh this is my conversation with uh david k and this is the week in review I'm over here. We're we're at Dave David uh, Dave uh, Dave. Uh, <laughs> we're at Dave's house. <laughs> uh, it's very nice in here. There's a pup. We just got done getting a pump in, and uh, yeah, you, you wanna? Uh, <laughs> he's taking a sip of coffee right now. Um, yeah, dude, that was the the question. Can people change? Let's just dive right in, dude. Can people change? <clears throat> You know, I think that people are under the illusion that they can't, and I think that people get trapped in these cycles. Um, but ultimately, I think people can change. Uh, it takes a lot of work. There are footsteps and efforts that need to be in place uh, in order to make those steps to grow into who you should ultimately be. And I think we can't change. You think we can't change? Well, I mean, I think I think what we're talking about, like, I think we can change our behavior. Okay. But um, the thing, the Dave that I'm looking at now, the Dave I'm interacting with, I feel like is the same guy I've known since we've known each other. I would disagree, though, man. Like, there are things about myself, if I'm being honest, that when we met. I, I maybe some of those things are still there, but at a much lower level. Like I've had to work really hard and just life experiences in general have helped move the meters of those things to different areas. So you've so you've recognized some faults about yourself or some discrepancies and you've improved upon certain things or traits or ways of living is that because 
I mean, yeah, that's, I guess that's what I'm asking. Like, my tastes are just different, right? Like... Your tastes have evolved? My taste for life has evolved. Like, I'm, I'm more attracted to certain things. I'm less attracted and very turned off by certain things and mm. personalities. And, you know, man, 10 years ago, I would have been the opposite. I would have been extremely attracted to these things. I would have been headfirst towards X, Y, or Z that was related to something like that. And, you know, now, today where I sit, uh, it's very much the opposite. Like, I, I just don't mix well with the things produced by what I used to be attracted to. doesn't what work. Are, what are some of the things that you used to be attracted to? Uh, well, like social media, right? Like, let's take that, for example. Like, there was a point in time where I was all about it, like needed it. You know, I received a lot of validation and and was posting all the time and just caught up in that hamster wheel. And now, like, I can't stand it. I have, for me personally, like, I understand the uses of it. And I understand that there are benefits of it. But I think just like anything else, it can be taken way left and used and abused into such an unhealthy form of what we will call entertainment. But I think it just keeps people sick. Mm. Yeah, I can, I, I can relate there. I mean, it's when the, the impulse is to constantly check your notifications, to check your um, feed, to see what people are doing. And then just naturally, as we'll just start comparing we'll feel better or worse, or we'll get involved in drama that we know nothing about. Easily. Or we'll be forming narratives about people's lives that we know nothing about based on what we're seeing. Oh yeah, dude, it's a trap. <laughs> General Admiral, Admiral Akbar would say. It's a trap. <laughs> I mean, but man, I used to be that guy, right? Like I would get on Facebook. I loved a good controversial topic because it meant I could feel validated and like smarter than quote smarter than other people. I remember that, dude. You were you used to troll, dude. You were all, all over the comments, yeah, bro. bro. Like all over any issue about anything, you were there, dude. Just I had an opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and you were gonna know about it. Yeah. <laughs> and and you know what's funny, man? Like now the man that I have become today and like strive to be, like, I don't care. I don't care if you know my opinion, like, because it's not, it's, it's in that vehicle, it's forced. Like, I'm going to give it to you whether you want it or not. And one of the biggest things that I've had to learn for myself is like, I don't need to be like chucking my two cents at people unless they like are genuinely interested in that. Right. Matter of fact, I almost, I almost feel like it's it's the most effective when people want to know when they ask, because it means rather than, well, I don't know. I, th I think I read an interesting article the other day where, th okay, this is kind of a weird thing, but it was, it was, uh, how to help people. That was the article. It was written by this guy named David Sivers. And there's three things, three bullet points. Number one was get famous. Fair enough. You get famous, you have social currency and you can help people get connections and get, 
things. I would agree with that. Number two was get rich. If you're rich, you got money and you can use that money to help people. Number three was have strong opinions. And he said have strong opinions because if you've got a strong opinion, uh, it, it'll help move someone in that direction who hasn't thought it out. And it will cause somebody who has their other opinion, it'll cause them to reinforce their own beliefs. Like it'll help them to better understand their own opposite opinion. So it's actually helpful. <clears throat> I understand. I think for me, there was a moment in time where like a, a shift occurred. And I don't remember where I read it. I can't remember like where I saw it, but I just remember it stands out so much to me. And it was like the two biggest lies of all times or sins of all times, I should say, was number one, interfering with somebody else's growth and number two, interfering with your own. Mm -hmm. And essentially what that means for me today is like, just get out of the way. Like, just get out of the way. You know, I used to, I used to feel like it was my job and like purpose in life. If I saw you doing something wrong, quote wrong, like to me and my belief system, I felt the need to be like the executioner and like fix it. Like, oh, well, I feel like that's wrong. Boom. Here's my opinion. And boom, here's why you're wrong. And man, the amount of energy that was exerted in that faux quest was exhausting and really didn't bring me any more joy or like peace into my life. That was, and what I thought I was getting out of it was like this false sense of validation that like I was like smarter and better and like I just don't need that today. Like I don't, I don't need to have that to feel like, like I'm moving in the right direction. Okay, so you so you've you've changed where you're directing your energy, your attention, and your focus. Yes. Okay, and th and that's you see that's I I I mean it's it's apparent to me um, just because I, I don't I don't see you trolling people all day long whenever I I get on the internet. <laughs> Although you know what's <laughs> so, to be fair, that guy that guy he's still there. I could do that if I wanted to. Yeah, you could. <laughs> like, my you're sword might be sharper actually. Man, dude, you're a salty bro. I am a salty. <laughs> that hasn't, I mean, there's salt in all of us. It's, it just needs to be unleashed. And, and you know, I, that's what I, I think one of the reasons I don't feel that, I don't feel that you've changed is because from the very beginning, our relationship was about, was about removing what, it, or not removing, but it was about realness. It was about who am I? without all these external things that were bringing me happiness. You know, mm. who am I without my crutches, without my, you know, my obsessions, my compulsions? Who am I actually behind? Who, like, behind, who, 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 who am I? You know, like... With the spoon. Yeah. So, like, I mean, at the very beginning, we would sit outside, uh, outside the clubhouse uh, and we would just fucking... The gay clubhouse, by the way, where, where, <laughs> where bros just get pumps in on the reg and have you know, podcast with each other, just being fucking salty bros. Uh, yeah, when we're outside the fucking YMCA, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm running out. Of no, when we were, when we would sit, when we first met, 
you were nine days sober and I was zero days sober. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we basically got sober together. Basically. And, uh, you know, after, after meetings and stuff, we would sit outside in the parking lot for three or four hours at a time, like every night. It was like that for at least the first month or two. Easily, yeah. And do you remember what we were talking about? Like, to me, it just felt like we were just, like, like I just, we were just trying to understand who we were. Yeah, <clears throat> I would agree with that. You, um, you have this really good gift to push people into like seeing who they are and then like who they can become if they choose to be like, and and that is a rare talent. And that is something that I've experienced, uh, in my six and a half, almost seven years of friendship with you is like, that is a gift that you have. And, and, but it, it comes with a price in the sense of that person that you're engaging with has to be able to be rigorously honest and like just get straight to the point and like straight to it and then real like change can can start to occur and i would say that's probably why we clicked because that it doesn't waste any time and like that's what i'm about like if you call me on the phone like don't doesn't matter what it's about like don't fluff it up like just and I'm not even trying to be rude when I say this, but like, just fucking spit it out. Like, get to it. Like, I don't want to hear like, like, just call me and be like, yo, boom, here, here's what's going on. Like, um, and I don't know why. Maybe it's because like, I, you know, like I got it's life and it's short. You know, like there are other things to do and like move. So. Uh, but yeah, it was awesome when we had those conversations because you're like a Sherpa. A yeah. Sherpa? Yeah, like a... Is that a llama? Like a llama? No, no, like a Sherpa <laughs> is like one of those guides. Oh, does he ride llama? What is he? Is he in the Middle East? I'm not 100% sure. I just know they like, like guide people through the mountains. Oh, a Sherpa. Oh, okay. So like in the uh, like in the, the Brad Pitt and the Seven Years in Tibet, Sherpas. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Like they're, they're, they're people that know how to work the, the, the weather, the climates, and the terrains to get to where they're going. That's you. Man, I don't feel like a Sherpa at all, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. Yeah, I don't feel like I know where the hell I'm going ever. No pressure. Uh, oh, that's all right. They don't either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, I just, uh, you know, it's interesting to me because I, we were, you know, we were talking about this earlier, but I feel like a lot of us have the habit of dancing around our, our truth that we have a, a, a habit of dancing around what is really going on. Like we'll, we'll milly mouth and, and molly wop everything, but actually saying, you know, how I actually feel or, or what I'm actually thinking about stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I feel the same way as you, man. It's like, I, I want to, if I'm interacting with someone, I'm only really interested in, in actually removing the facades, like that we have all these protections around ourselves, you know, like it's, it's a natural part of life. We have to, you know, you know, it's hard to exist in a world, um, with, with so many varying opinions, perspectives, beliefs, and ideas of, of, 
you know, what, not only what other people are doing with their lives, but what I should be doing with my life, that all of us have conflict with that. You know, all of us uh, feel like we need to be a certain way. And, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, I guess I just am super interested in trying to figure out, you know, um, who people really are. Um, and I think when we, when we first met, you know, we were lucky in the sense that like, I, I didn't, I didn't have a clue at all. So it was something I knew I had to do for myself. Mm. And one of the interesting things about, you know, our relationship, I would say was I couldn't have, I couldn't have done it on my own. So your, your lenses on me in those talks in the car and throughout our early recovery was super beneficial because you gave me an objective opinion and an objective perspective on my bullshit or just on what I was going through and hearing myself to being able to talk about it too was super I mean I just had to get it out I had to express it yeah you know I could say that a big part of where that comes from for me was the fact that I was a personal trainer for so long. I mean, I gave that part of my life eight years. So my job essentially was to read and evaluate this person's form, technique, physical limitations, everything, like right there with what I'm seeing, give them immediate feedback on how to do this and navigate through this safely, but also push them to get better. Mm. And that has, has bled into my personal life on, on a level as well. You know what's so interesting? I just realized this. We were at a, such an advantage because neither of us knew what the hell we were doing. So it's not like you, you were a sounding board for me and we were kind of mirrors of each other through the process it was I never felt like you knew more than I knew and I don't think you ever felt I knew more than you knew we were just kind of equals it's like being lost in space you know like <laughs> how the hell are we gonna get out of here uh-huh okay well he's gonna try that way I don't really want to be like over here off to the left side by myself well you know and that's kind of the way it's worked is like there's never been that ego in that process of like, I know more or I'm better. And, you know, which is funny because I, I can absolutely, if left to my own devices, be that way. I mean, everybody can, but, you know, it doesn't take a lot for that spark to turn into a brush fire. And then, you know, my life is all kind of screwed up. Hmm. What is what was your what was your focus early on? Like in recovery? Yeah. You know, I just didn't want to go back. Like I didn't want to go back to what I was living. It it just didn't seem appealing to me and I was over it. You know, and then one of the biggest things and one of the biggest parts of my story was you know, I was in uh, a chiropractic college at the time, and I knew that if I really wanted an honest shot at becoming a doctor in that field, 
that I wasn't going to be able to do it under the influence of drugs and alcohol. Like it was not going to be like that. Those worlds could not collide. It wasn't going to work. And, you know, at the time I thought that's what I wanted. I thought I was going to be able to go back to school and just get my shit together. And, you know, lo and behold, the more I did those things, the less I liked it. And the more that I found out that that's not what I wanted, you know, like I was doing that stuff for somebody else to be somebody that I was not. Because I was like dating this girl at the time, like her dad's a politician, so I'm like flying in private jets and like, man, when I made the decision to go to that university, I never felt like good enough for her family. Mm. But I felt like if I did these things and like could become a doctor, then like you can't, you can't say shit. You know what I mean? Like I made it. Right. I am good enough. Right, it was, uh, you'd be worthy. Yeah. But boy, was I wrong, because I was so miserable. So miserable. Um, how did you, how did you, when did you, how did you get out of it? Um, you know, I kind of hung on, and I took some, some, like, other classes at the school. Because I didn't really have a plan, I didn't know, like, what I wanted to do. I didn't like, it, you know what I mean? For for me, there has to be some sort of structure. Like I've got to have a general idea about where I'm going to go. And at least if I just start walking that way and like plans change as information comes in, awesome. But I've got to have an idea. And at the time, I just didn't have an idea about what I wanted to do. So what I did do was went back to what my original intentions were which was to personally train and like open up a gym and like do all these things but you know hindsight being 2020 like I was about three or four years like behind on that because all the you know the type of gym that I would have wanted to open had already kind of like exploded and I I was just late to the party essentially the CrossFit party yeah yeah but you did go back and start training. <clears throat> I did go back and um, I got a chance to see what it was going to look like, you know? And yeah, man, like I, I just knew like I didn't want to settle there. Like there was more stuff out there for me and not that there's anything wrong with owning a gym or being a personal trainer. Like I love those things, but sometimes things just don't work out and Mm. I had like reached this point in my career where there really wasn't much more that I could do with it you know and it seemed that every attempt that I had made to like move in this direction that I thought was best for me and like what I wanted to do just never materialized like there was always something preventing me from like hitting that next level Mm. So let me let me just do a quick. Uh, I'm sure people are wondering, listening, what you do now. We don't have to talk about it, but I'm just gonna. You travel, you tour with bands, you run their merchandise. So your your travel schedule, you're on the road, you're around tons of people all the time. You're every morning you wake up somewhere different, you know, essentially. And pretty much, yeah. You live on the road, and and did you like? How, 
you know, we don't have to really go too much far into it, but like, uh, you're, you're homebound right now for the next month or so. Yeah. And, um, yeah, just in case people were wondering how you got from chiropractor to personal trainer to where you're at today, I just wanted to give just a quick little background of what you do now. Uh, wow, man. It was really, people always ask me how I got into what I, um, you know, how I got to where I'm at now. And honestly, like, I like literally fell into it. Could not have predicted it any anymore like I had no idea that's where my life was gonna go but basically I knew that I was done personal training like my passion for it was I was over it you know like I I just didn't want to do it anymore and my heart wasn't in it so I left and you know another influence on it was at the time I felt like it just wasn't good enough for like my family do you know what I mean like and it's kind of interesting because growing up, like your parents always think you're going to be like a doc. doesn't matter who it is. Your parents always think you're going to be like a doctor or a lawyer, right? Like this mm-hmm. prestigious career. Yeah. And like in reality, like I realized like I'll never be that, you know? So like I might as well do things that like make me happy. And uh, I left personal training. I went to go do like uh, financial advising. It was fucking miserable. You know, like I remember there was a moment where I was studying to take these licensing exams. I was cooped up in an office all day because it was the exact polar opposite. Like I went from wearing gym attire all day and like eating acai bowls and like just broing it out all day, every day. Uh Right. To like being trapped at a cubicle studying for these exams. And I remember I looked out the window and I saw these landscapers getting off work at like three o'clock and I was like god damn he's lucky bastard like Mm. he might have a simple job but like he's got a regular schedule he kind of knows what to expect he's he's probably like about as happy as he could be and I was just like envious and I was like oh yeah fuck this I was like I gotta go Mm. and you're not, you don't seem to be, to me, you've never been the type to be sitting indoors and, and oh, it's miserable being on phones all day. Bro, I don't, I just don't believe we're supposed to, we're, we're supposed to be that. No, 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 no. Like somebody explained to me how we went from like running around, you know, like foraging for food and berries and fucking hunting, hunting and yep. like this whole like wild experience to like 50 hour work weeks, you know, 20 of that uh, dry is in a car dry. It's fucking miserable. We live in boxes. It does not yeah. like, it does not like move my DNA in like any we, way. We leave our, our home box, our house box, which is a shelter to go to another box and but, to, to, to get that box to another box and the, what's, the car to the <clears> box. What's crazy. And I always ask people this question. I always ask it to them because it, it, I want to know, you know, I want to know when people are like, I'm like, Oh, like, Hey, you know, and you're exchanging pleasantries. Like, well, what do you do? You know? And they'll tell you like their job. And what do you want to do? Like, that's a good question. Like if money was not the concern, like if we didn't have this, you know, social construct of keeping up with the Joneses, like, 
you don't get me wrong, man. Like we have to be responsible, but right. Like, yeah. I love this country and I, and I love the opportunities that are here, but it is also very, very different. There's in, a, very, there's a lot of other places. It's tough to find community here. It's tough to find. I mean, we are as hunter gatherers. We, the limit of our capacity to know people is 150 people. Right. Like, that's how many we can actually know. Right. So like we're actually hardwired to interact in small groups of people. And get to know each other, you know, that's where happiness, I think, and joy, and connect, it comes from connection. It comes from, like, really knowing, you know, who we are in the eyes of other people, essentially. Yeah. Um, but, you know, when you're just working for the paycheck, for the, you know, for, for whatever, like, you, you're, you wanted to be able to appease your parents and feel like you were worthy in their eyes as yep. an individual and as a man. And, and you're there and you're looking at these people that are getting off at three. They get, they're sweating. They got energy out. They've been working, doing real work. And, and they're done for the day. And you're like, how, you know, I, I wish that was me. Ugh. Like it was, it crushed my soul, man. It did. It, it, and I didn't like it. And I remember I walked into my boss's office and I just said, look, like, I appreciate the opportunity. I'm grateful that I had a chance to stay on as long as I have, but, uh, Gets to go. I gets to go. <laughs> gets to go. And, you know, it's funny because a friend of mine at the time um, worked in the music business and he just threw me a bone and said, hey, like, come down here and work this event and, you know, you should do okay. You should make some decent cash. And, and um, I said, all right, no problem. And I went down there, did the event fell in love with it just because it was it reminded me of like uh, I was a bartender at one point in time so it was very like similar to that and just imagine cocktail with uh, Tom Cruise t-shirts yeah <laughs> by the way Dave has a get your phone out dude I got this is awesome it's over <laughs> I was there. we went to the, we went to work out before we sat down to do this and uh I'm gonna he uh I'm looking at. I'm sitting next to him. He's driving. I look down into to the past. The seat. He's got a fucking picture of Patrick Swayze on the back of his phone. What is it from? What's he from? That's Bodie. <laughs> dude, it's fucking. It's dope, dude. Um, but yeah, so you're you're talking. You talk to your buddy. Your buddy threw you a bone. Just you know, it's funny how how. Anyway, an opportunity happened. You walked into it. And you loved it. You loved how the management happened, how, you know, inventory, how the personal relations with people coming through. You know, you're always, at least for me, dude, I'm wired weird. I got to be doing shit all the time. Yeah, you are. You got to be like, you're a bebopper. Uh, yeah, I bebop away, dude. You get happy feet and you got to like do something. And... A bit of a brony. Because <laughs> I keep those who's moving. <laughs> That's <dude>. right. <laughs> um, what's crazy to me about that whole story and that, that whole timeline was knowing what I know now in hindsight being 2020 is like the the small percentage of like chance that like I was really going to actually get into it because I remember I told my friend hey if you ever go back out on the road like take me with you mm. but I didn't know at the time, like literally how small that door was going to be and no shit. Probably a month later, he called me and said, Hey, do you still want to go on tour? And I said, yeah. And he said, all right, well you got like a week. And I said, done. Damn. 
So I like told my like, Damn. yeah, man. And like I said, knowing what I know now, it's like, cause people, what's crazy because people ask me that they're like, Hey, when you go back on the road, can I like, could you get me on? And I'm like, it, that's not up to me. I, I've never, I haven't had the opportunity to like request an assistant, you know? And what I did was I took way low money, didn't really care because I was not in, you know, Marietta, Georgia anymore. I was going to be traveling around for the next 60 days. And it was crazy because I had broken up with a girl I'd been dating for like two years, like mm. right before that. And I was yeah, like, it's wild how that worked out. I was like, once. well, I'm not going to be sitting at home. I'm out of here. Mm. You know, I had to find somebody to watch my dog for like six weeks, eight weeks, something like that. I did it for, for a little bit, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that. I thought about that. Yeah, I got to know Kilo really well. So, yeah, man. And then it just... And then, like, even... It's crazy because, like, I, I get back from that opportunity. And I really didn't know what I was going to do. But what I did know was I was going to double down that, like, this was going to work. And essentially what I did was I saved a bunch of money... And I made sure that like all my bills and stuff were paid and covered so that I could like last into like the dead part of the, the, the season, season. Yeah. and make it into like the busy time again. And I bought a computer and like every, a printer and everything that I needed to be successful here and like be current. And then I got a phone call you know, like I think I sat around for months, like from like November basically until April. And this was after that first sixty day tour. Uh, yeah. So, I, so I got like I went to balls to the wall for like eight weeks, uh-huh. and then nothing for like four months. But I didn't. It didn't matter to me because I was just doubling down on like this is working. This is going to work. What did you do for those four months? Nothing. 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 I didn't do anything because it didn't make any sense to me to have to go and get a get another job and then explain to them if or when I got the phone call. Oh yeah, by the way, I got to so go. So you were just, you were just hope you were just hoping that the company you worked for would would want you back out and you'd get another lead to be back out on the road. You yep. you didn't know for sure though? I went all in. I put all my chips in. But what do you mean by going all in? Like you told them I want to go back out or like Yeah, like I mean I sent my boss a message, you know, like you said, this is what I want my career to be? No, I just sent him a message like, hey, thanks for the opportunity. If there's anything else coming up, please keep me in mind. Okay. And that was, a- that was after your first tour? Yeah. And then... And then it just kind of started like I started getting pieces just, of... Just to be clear, all, all in for you is, is four months of uh, NBA 2K and, uh, <laughs> and getting, to the, getting to the gym. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> because like, what else, what else can you do? It's like, I feel like... What'd you, what'd you do for those four months? Because like you, you can't like, it's not like you, were you hitting up other agencies or other friends in the business? Or? No, I didn't know anybody. I, I just literally kind of bought my time and like worked out and, you know, just kind of kept it low key where I wasn't really spending a lot of money and lived very like modestly. Cause you make it, you make a good bit of money when you're out on the road cause you don't have many expenses and you're just accruing income basically. Yeah, essentially, like, it's almost, I I equate it to, like, an oil rigger or, like, 
those guys that go on like the crab boats, it's the same idea. Yeah. Like you've got a short amount of time to make as much money as you can. Bro, and talking to you on the road when you were out there, dude, it sounded like hell, dude. Like I could not believe, first of all, you got back, you were broken, dude. You were like, I can't believe that just happened. Oh, there were some times where your the trucks would go down, your truck would go down, and you had to be somewhere the next day, and I couldn't imagine the stress. Like now, I now ne- know I never wanted to be a merchandise because it's first of all, well, I did, I've done it, and I've got trauma associated with it. So if I'm being honest, it's just because there's, I'm fucking I've had some bad experiences working behind the fucking merchandise booth. That's the real issue, but it's so stressful, dude. Like what you do is not easy, bro. You're day in, day out managing, you're, you're, you're mitigating your, your resources. you you have to keep your fucking inventory in, in check and jabrones. There's so many fucking jabronis out there, dude. You don't even know, like they, they were working with someone who you were like, who's this fucking guy I have to work with for this leg of the tour. And it was like, I don't know. You, he was like Mr. Leahy. Basically. Yeah. yeah fucking man. Sipping sauce and you know, it's crazy about that. I'll tell you a story about that is like, I couldn't go into Canada because I had immigration issues and the band that I was working for at the time was going into Canada for like a week and I wasn't going to be able to attend the trip. So I had to rent a U-Haul and unload the tractor trailer that they had with all the merchandise on it, put it into the U-Haul. And then I had to drive from Spokane, Washington to like Minneapolis, Minnesota. And I had like a week. So you're talking like, I mean, yeah, it's a week long, but here's the kicker. I leave the club. I leave the show after, you know, it's like early in the morning, like 1 a.m., <clears throat> and I'm leaving outside of Spokane and like I'm about to get into this like weird mountain territory and it's like really starting to snow and like I, I could have stopped but decided not to stop and so I ended up driving to where like now I'm climbing this mountain and the snow is getting worse like at this point there's no like I can't there's nowhere to turn around you can't just stop and turn around on this mountain you literally have to climb. Uh-huh. So I continue to drive up and then it gets, starts getting really super sketchy, man. Like the roads are kind of icy and I pull over and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to sleep on the side of the road because there's like other trucks in front of me. Uh-huh. And I'm like, I'll just stay here. And then like I start, I like pull over. I start trying to like situate myself to sleep in this truck. And then I'm like, you know what? I'm like, this is not a good idea. Uh-uh. And... I was trying to weigh my options and I remember like this truck comes blasting by me at like 70 and I was like, well, all right, I'm going to go ahead and go. Cause if anybody's going to wreck, it's going to be him. He's going to be in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just follow his lead. And yeah, I ended up like driving to this mountain town and I stayed in like this small hotel because like it was just, it was not going to be able to drive. Cause I was in the middle of this like wicked snowstorm, but like, yeah, man, like I had to stay there for like two days. And then even then I had like, I had to still, there was no backing out or quitting. Basically, I can't call my boss and be like, yo, I'm not going to make it. And I remember I drove through like Montana and like all these like super like beautiful places, but like dead of winter, you know, snow and ice like everywhere. And you just got to like, you got to figure it out. Mm-hmm. So when you were, when you were home for the four months, and you got that phone call. Uh, you eventually got the phone call. Yeah. Yeah. 
So you just had a feeling. You just felt like this was going to continue to happen. I had enough. I had, I had bought myself enough time to where like, if it, if like the call didn't come, like that was okay. Do you know what I mean? Like I had enough resources essentially to make this opportunity last for about as long as it could. And then if it got to the point where like, you know, nothing, it wasn't going to work out, then I would have had to have evaluated it and figure out where I was going to go. And, and yeah, I mean, that was what I did. And, you know, here we are now almost four years later and, and wow, that was all, oh, man, I can't believe you've been at it for that long, dude. <laughs> Man, this is the longest you've ever been home since four years ago. Uh, I was about, I had about the same break last year. Yeah, I had, I got, you know, it's funny because I was a little resentful last year because I had sat at home for so long and, you know, there was like, it wasn't just me, but there was like literally not a lot of work going out, which is interesting because it happens like that. It's very cyclical in the sense of, yeah, I'm home right now and I'll be home for a while, but this summer you like I'll probably be gone from more than likely April until November, December again. You know, yeah, I'll be home a couple of weeks at a time, but you know, but that's just the way that it is. Hmm. Um and you know, man, what has been provided to me is an opportunity to see like like there's not many places that I haven't been inside the US. Yeah, yeah, that was so interesting. When we, when me and Pat, we played a show at uh, in Michigan, and I, I, I hit you up, and you knew the casino that that we were staying at, dude. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. It was like you described it. Like I was like, holy shit, dude, you got to be here. This place is the shit. <laughs> you know what's crazy, man, is like I could tell you, like if you're like, hey, I'm going to like this place, I could tell you like, oh, well, go to this restaurant. Yeah, like or there's a really cool acai bowl place here and they've got great coffee and like blase 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 and like uh yeah man like I've just been afforded the opportunity to get out and travel and and it has it's awesome because I went from, you know, the biggest thing that I had known was this small town, you know, where like out in the middle of nowhere Georgia and and you know, I saw like the redneck states from what I would consider, you know, like, yeah, I've been to Panama City and like Nashville and like shit, yeah. <laughs> you know, to seeing how people live in Boise, Idaho and yeah. like Portland, Maine and yeah, man, like all these places and, and super rad, honestly, super rad. And I don't know how much longer I'll do it because, you know, what I have seen personally is... This is this is what I noticed for myself was other members of the crews and stuff that are out there, like they have some really wicked stories. Like they have some cool, really cool, like rock and roll stories and like moments in time in their like catalog of memories. But then I like in the back of my mind, I always want to ask, like, well, you know, when I know they have kids, like, well, where were you when this happened in their life? Or you know what I mean? And and most of them are, you know, not most. Uh, uh, there are some people that are really bitter out there. And I remember thinking this one guy, I was like, man, you've got all these really cool rock and roll stories, and like you've been a part of this this 
culture and this life that not many people will ever get to see, but you've completely missed all these moments that would have really mattered the most to you. Mm. Like that's crazy, man. And you, and you're sharing these moments out on the road with like complete strangers. Like I don't, Mm. it's very rare, man, that I talk to anybody that I travel with like outside of the fact, like once, once you've always been a man about business, dude, once, well, that's just the way that it is. (laughs) Yeah. Once the tour is over with, you don't really talk to those people. Uh, uh. Like I've got their phone numbers, but you know, only for, you know, Hey man, like I heard this happened. Sorry to hear that, you know? And what's crazy about that was there was a guy that I had toured with on this last run Love the guy, man. He was such a sweetheart. Like we got along. I I had never met him before, and but was like brilliant, you know. And he was like, he had been gone forever. He had been gone like fourteen out of like eighteen weeks, right? And uh, I met his son, and I got to see his son. Like his son came out to one of the shows, and like I met his wife and like the dog and everything. And you know, like we had just gotten home. And I can't remember if he was gone or what he was doing, but like a week, you know, like a week later, like his wife died out of like nowhere. So like, imagine that, like imagine you would have been traveling, working for this band and you get the phone call that like your wife died and Mm. you weren't even home, like gutted. I would be gutted. Mm. And uh, yeah, man, like. I haven't figured it out yet, but I realized like I didn't I didn't want that to be part of my story. Mm. Like I didn't want to start having kids and realize like yeah, dad's out there working with like people's favorite musician or rock star, but like he's not at my soccer game. Mm. You know. Or I don't get to see him tuck me in at night or right, yeah. in the morning when right. I wake up. Yeah, like for months at a time. Dangerous catch, dude. Yeah. That's, I mean, yeah, I think we get to choose what dream we live in, man. And some of us get so caught up in the dream that all we have are those memories, you know, like those guys, those road dogs out there with you, been out there 20 plus years, you know? And so they're, they're in that dream, you know? Uh, but you, but you're, you know, you know, you don't, you don't have to be if you don't want to be like you, you can look at it realistically and decide what you want, what you want your dream to be. But I think that's the awesome part about life, right? Like... You can change it at any moment. I mean, not obviously not some things, but because, you know, they take time to change. But I don't believe in just like damning yourself to this existence, right? Like if this reality is, is the one that you're in and it's it doesn't work for you, that's why I ask people like, well, what would you do? Because to me, like that should be what you're chasing, like that should be the direction you're moving into because at the end of the day, like I just want to be happy, you know, like I, I'm reading a book right now with, uh, Phil Knight and like the guy who created Nike. Yeah. That's a great, yeah. And like how he pursued that. And when I thought about it, it was baffling because in the beginning of the book, he just talks about his big idea. That's what he calls it. Like his big idea. And then I was like, wait a minute. Like this dude had a, had an idea about what he wanted to do 
and like what was going to make him happy in life. And then as a result, his company has signed LeBron James, Michael Jordan, Serena Williams, Kobe Bryant, like this whole like myriad of athletes. And I was just like, how baffling is it that that man's idea and like what he wanted to do with his life exploded and like has affected so many. Mm. Just because he had a big idea and he, and he started moving towards it. Yes. Like he talks about like being in the boardroom meeting with these like Japanese shoemakers, you know, and like this is like post World War Two, mm. you know, and like how all these businessmen are like the same age that he is. And, and it's just really cool to see how that idea can can you know, if you're doing the work for it, could potentially move into something like that. So it's really about, and also about, so the, so you know the, the saying, hurt people hurt people? I love that saying. It's ha- true. So the inverse should be true, right? Happy people make happy people, right? It is true. And, and you know what, man? I I try to, on some level bring other people happiness no matter what like I try to do things in the world and I don't even want to talk about what I do but when I interact with even strangers man like I want that interaction I want them to take away like even if it's 15 seconds or 10 seconds like some joy in that interaction hopefully it's better for having been there like right. it's hopefully it's better for you having been there wherever right. you may be right and I, and I take that to the extreme to the point of, like I, I have, I'm running around with this belief I want to believe and that's how I like to preface things by saying I want to believe because okay. a lot of times I don't know what I actually believe but I want to believe that if I can tune into that inner tuning fork that is my joy the things that bring me make me feel the most alive or make me feel the most engaged or present or or alive like if I can really focus and, and and work on those things and get to my get to like if I experience great joy it'll help others experience great joy like, I would agree or success if I can experience success hopefully it'll help someone else experience success that's what I like that's what I want to believe that like just by working on myself it could help others yeah man I think passion and like genuine passion and happiness are are indeed contagious you know, but I think a lot of people also fake it. You know, like, have you ever had an interaction with somebody and, man, just like the joy and like peace in their eyes was like, you could just see it. You know what I mean? It's infectious. You're like, man, like, what is that guy doing? Mm-hmm. Like, what what do you do in life that I don't do? Because like, whatever that is, like, I want, I want that. Right. And... That is the mark that I want to leave like on the world with people, right? Like, because it, it I have the, uh, you know, the belief that it can be contagious. And it's like the dancing man, dude. You see that YouTube video, the one dude just dancing by himself mm-hmm. and no one's dancing. Yep. He's like, he's getting down. Then one dude shows up. He's like, I'll dance with you. And then by, by the, you know, 60 seconds, 90 seconds later, there are fucking thousands of them dancing, dude. Exactly. One guy was like, let's do it, you know? So why can't we all be that guy? 
So I wanted to, so that's a great question. Where are we at right here? So I want to ask you this, dude, from where we started, the, the, the conversation started, wait, repeat what you just said, by the way, why can't, why can't we all be that guy? Why can't we all be that guy? That's, that's for you, the listener. <laughs> and uh, if you want to know how Dave did it, I'm not, how would they, what did, did you, hey, I want to ask you this. If somebody had questions for you or wanted to reach out to you, would you be open to that? Yeah. You would be? Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, I'll put his uh, email address in the, in the show notes. By the way, I've actually got listeners now, dude. That's what's crazy about this. Like averaging about a hundred per episode. This is going somewhere then. <laughs> yeah, <dude>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like people are going to actually listen. So, you know, that's, that's a weird thing is like, you know, I've been talking to myself for so long now that it's weird that there's like, I've always, I could always see numbers of people listening, but I've never, you know, it's just, I don't know. It's just kind of cool that it seems that people are, are, are actually letting me know and wanting to be involved. I remember when it was just you, like, and me, like, listening to your podcast. There might have been two people listening. <laughs> yeah. And it was just us. It was. Still, out of all the content I've created over the last, since we've known each other, seven years or so, all the content, the most viewed thing I have is your shortless, your, sh- your no, wait, your shirtless jorts run in five degree temperature on YouTube. That was a great day. <laughs> Literally five degrees in Georgia, you put on your jorts, which are jean shorts for those who don't know. There's jorts. Way up to his fucking... You can oh, they see were his super minis. short. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And he's just, you know, shirt off. It's literally five degrees outside. I get in the Land Cruiser. Logan's with me and I'm just blasting Ace of Base, dude, following you with the camera. I love that part. Yeah, dude. You're just fucking getting a, getting a pump in on the roads, bro. Coincidentally, no bullshit. Like... 10 years in fitness, and that was the fastest mile I'd ever run. Dude, it was like 6.58 or something. What was it? It was like slower. Than, it was faster than that. It was almost like f- like five and a half minutes. That's right, dude. Yeah, dude, it was fucking quick. I couldn't believe it. I was doing commentary. You, if you go, you can find it on YouTube. Just look up fucking shirtless shorts, five degrees. But, you know, I'm like commenting like there's no way he's, I'm like, he's got to be feeling it, dude. His calves right now, it's so cold. Yeah, but what's funny is when you, it's like the moment on the video when you say that, you can like literally see my legs like buckle and like start to give. <laughs> but it's just sheer like stubbornness yeah. because you know what? If I make a bet, got to pay the man. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, dude. That's that was the post on Facebook. It was uh, when you when you say you're not you're not gonna do it. You dip you diggity Dave do it. You dude. diggity Dave do it. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to start ask with where this conversation started. You said that so I think that who I'm speaking to is the same Dave I've known this whole time, right? Now I've seen changes in your behavior. I've seen changes in your worldview and how you interact with. I don't know, just how you are like. I, I don't think who you are has changed, how you are has. Mm. I still disagree, man. Like, I think that that we have capacities to be certain things, right? Like, we all do. Like, we just do. But I can choose to act on those impulses And that to me is changing growth, right? Like, Hmm. because if I was, if I hadn't changed, then certain things like when presented, you know, like no matter what, I would just impulsively like act on it or do it just because like, that's who I, you know, like if you throw a fucking steak into a lion's cage, like he's just going to eat it. Cause like, that's just who he is, you know? 
if you threw like a veggie burger in there, he probably ain't really going to be interested in that. And, you know, I, I that's kind of how I feel is like when entertained with certain ideas or information or ideals, you know, I, I'm attracted to more than others. And some things that those things have changed, hmm. you know, like and I, I just don't believe that we're meant to stay constant you know and that if you're not pushing the boundaries to change those things within you or seek information that may help potentially change those things like man I just can't get that like, I, I can't live my life like that because it would have meant that I was content being stagnant and like okay just being okay mm. and you know we were talking earlier today about about like the, the death of Kobe Bryant and like how men, not many celebrities deaths, like I don't ever really get impacted on any kind of level, but for some weird reason, like this one has, and not in the sense of like, Oh, you know, to me, it just reminded me that he was the hardest working dude in the gym. And like, he was always about like pushing the boundaries to be great. Mm. And like that sticks out to me about his legacy. Like, and again, the question of like, why can't everybody be the dancing man? Like, why can't I take that ideal and like mentality and like apply it into my own life? And, you know, as sad as it is like fitting because, you know, like that, something like that had been missing from my own life recently. Like I had just been kind of complacent and like cool with like being not mediocre, but like stagnant, I guess is what I would call it. Yeah. Like too comfortable. Yeah. Yeah. I can notice that that's different just in the matter of you in the matter of a few weeks. Like normally when you're home on tour, I never see you and you're talking about working out, but never actually working out. But since these last few weeks, you've been working out, you've been, and I'm actually sitting in front of you, which is something that hasn't, that's rare to happen. Yeah, I don't even remember the last time I saw you before. Maybe like, I think you might've picked me up from the airport. Actually, last time I saw you, I'd picked you up from the airport. You picked me up? Yeah. Okay. Remember? I think you had come back from somewhere and like, I had picked you up. Right. I don't remember when. I don't know. I remember picking, taking you. Yeah, so I don't want to ask this question, but I'm going to ask it because I think it might help me understand the question better for who am I and how have I changed. Sure. So, and also like, I'm weird. I, I've got a weird, I don't, don't, uh, anyway, so this is just me saying I'm weird. Okay, so. (laughs) so, I don't know what to do with my hands right now. I don't know. They're they're baking, they're, they're dancing phalanges. All right, so. How have I changed? Am I different than than who who you knew seven years ago outside in that car? Yeah, one hundred percent. I think you have you have honed your craft in the sense of you're still very very good at, at helping people see who they can be and then helping push themselves into that level. But also, like you, in my opinion, have. Um, become a lot less fearless in the sense of pursuing things that are going to make you happy um, and doing what you want to do 
to be happy. And that's not to say that you're like hurting people in the wake of, of that pursuit, but yeah, man, I've watched you try all different kind of things and some have been successful and like some have failed. But like no matter what, there was there's always been this optimistic view of like something positive is going to come out of this. And, you know, I've watched you get like knocked on your ass a few times. And, you know, I've gone from seeing you be like super selfish and like consumed by the projects you were going into to you know the exact opposite and really care and open up more about like others and what's going on in their world and like making these attempts to connect you know rather than like isolate and you know be like good at this thing um so that's that's some of the things that I have like seen I felt for a long time that my life would be pointless if I wasn't able to do something great. And it brought me misery. Yeah. Total, total fucking misery. Um, so yeah. Thanks for that, dude. Yeah, I'm gonna... This will be interesting to listen back to because I can... I always reflect better when I listen back to stuff or hear stuff. Like in the moment of experiencing things, you know, it's like you're just kind of there for the experience. Yeah. But having this stuff recorded, I'm not going to be going to listen to the end of relationship to-do list. <laughs> I will not be going there. Definitely not sad. <laughs> not, definitely not sad enough for that. I'm yet, not dude. sad enough to go back. <laughs> yeah. Um, but man, this was awesome, dude. Um, yeah, I appreciate you doing this with me, man. I'm glad we got to do it. I'm, I, I thought the gym we went to was fucking awesome, dude. What Wasn't it, right? Like yeah. a very old school mentality it looks it looks like an old airplane hangar when you pull up like nothing fancy at all it looks like an old warehouse or something what's it called stacks stacks and you just walk in dude and then it's like oh shit this reminds me of like high school workouts pumping iron like arnold schwarzenegger posters everywhere like real real fucking avatars in there dude (laughs) but but you know what though man like like that's i learned a long time ago you don't need a lot to make a lot like you don't need a lot and like this big grand like show to like really do big things you don't it's it's an illusion Mm -hmm. right and I am more comfortable in facilities like that where it's literally about iron like the work Mm -hmm. you know here's what's in front of you get it done Mm. And, you know, that is true for everything you're going to get into. Like, don't be distracted by, like, the fluff and, like, all this other, like, window dressing that looks really nice. Because it's an illusion from, like, the fucking work that's, like, right in front of you. Like, literally do it. Mm. And that's why I love those gyms because there's no running away you know like you can't you can't just like fluff it like here's what i have to do today if i want these results and i want to look like that dude or something like that or whatever your goal is or just feel confident or feel self-esteem feel every you know what's crazy every person in there 
walks with a, a certain level of like confidence on their shoulder. And it's not outwardly projected either. It's inner. Con- it's the, I, I sense it. It was weird. Because I go to LA Fitness and I can't like I can't go anymore, dude. It's like I, I can't look at anyone in the. I can't. It's just, it's too much. I don't want to go. I'm, I don't want to go anymore, Dave. I refuse. I refuse. <laughs> Especially I, after this place. I'm like, this is the shit. Like, people are there. It's about the business, dude. What are we there to do? It's an iron, like The Rock, dude. The Rock's Instagram when he's in his iron paradise, dude. That's what it's about, dude. Yeah, man. Man, it's just like we're here to better ourselves. I also love fucking Trent. Not Trent Reznor, but uh, who's the dude? The punk rocker. Henry Rollins. His essay about the iron in the, in the fist or some shit that he wrote about what it was like for him in high school and how he found the gym and it was so good, dude. It's just about the iron. Um, yeah, I get all jazzed up talking about stuff like this, man, because I, you know, you know, I just, I just, I get so inspired. Like I was watching, I fell into a, a, a Sylvester Stallone K-hole on YouTube the other day, just listening, <laughs> listening to him talk about whatever the hell he wants to talk about because he's, Why he knows not? how to do the work, dude. Why not? Man, sly, dude. How are you going to say no to Rocky? You can't, dude. Yeah. Well, they tried to say no to him. And he was like, you know what? Yeah. No to you if I'm not selling my script unless I am get to be the one in it. Can't blame him. And he had no chips, dude. He was a nobody. Can't blame him. He fucking went hungry. Sold his dog at a gas station. He went over the top. <laughs> <laughs> he ended up... Yeah. He went over the top, dude. Oh, man. But yeah, is there anything else? Is there anything else you want to talk about before we close up? Anything you'd like to share? Email? Um, whatever, anything, closing statements, future projections for yourself, anywhere you see yourself going, something you're interested in? You know, uh, yeah, man, just continue to, to, like, that's always been a pattern for me, right? Like, sometimes in life, like, I'll become obsessed with, a movie or a book or whatever boat they, hunting boat well not even just that but like um like i'll just become infatuated with like these ideals and like i want to know like i'm so curious about it that i want to know you know like what it's like and just explore where this thing takes me and and yeah man like i'm curious to see how this seed of like mamba mentality like where that can take me not just in into the gym but like just in life you know i think it would be like a disservice to um you know quit because that would be like that's not what that's about at all Mm -mm. and you know i'm very curious to continue to push boundaries and try to grow like physically personally spiritually like emotionally um yeah man because you never know like when it's going to end that's the truth and it's like I don't know like I just don't want to be that dude that sits around and is like yeah that talks about doing something and like never does it because mm. I can be I can, like, I can very easily be that guy like don't get me wrong man like I've been able to do a lot of things in life, but I've also been able to talk about doing a lot of things in life and like half of that shit hasn't been done. Mm. And yeah, man, like it's just too short and I'm I'm about moving forward always, you know, but in a healthy way. And uh, as long as I'm learning from it, I don't believe, like I hate the illusion of 
good or bad. I feel like that's such an illusion. Um, I really only look at things of like experiences that I would or wouldn't do again. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's I think it's Shakespeare. Like, there is no good or bad. Thinking makes it so, and I love that line because that's always stuck with me. You know, only things I would rather do or you know I'd want to do again or not do again. Wow. Yeah, I was, yeah, it's like Lao Tzu or something. Things are not good or bad. Our perspective makes them so. Exactly. Huh. I would feel like to a degree there is still some bad shit that happens. And it is te- it is bad. Like, Yeah, but... I mean, I, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. I, I, I kind of view the universe as kind of a neutral expression of something. Mm. And there's chaos and there's order. And um, as an individual, like, uh, I have to confront my own shadow. You know, that's what, well, at least that's what I choose to do. I, ju- I choose to confront and, and, and get involved with my own shadow because I know it's with me. But that's, you know, it just feels like a battle I know I can enjoy doing because it's never going to end until it's over uh, and there's nowhere else I don't know I don't know I don't know what I'm talking about now but in, in regards to good or bad I, I do believe that like at least today you know this simple day from eight this morning when we woke up to now there really you know uh, there was no you know we had an experience we didn't have like there was really no bad today mm-hmm. Um, and not saying that other people don't experience bad. I know the depths of despair, at least these last couple of years that I've been in, like never, I like that. That's why I like how you worded it. Like, I know what I'm not going to, like, I don't want to experience again. I'm not, I'm not at the place where I can say, you know, I'm glad it happened yet. Sure. But I, I am, you know, I do have hope and I do you know, I, everything I do kind of is just because I have hope. The, the the biggest change for me, I think, for the at least this last few weeks has just been my acceptance that I need to do the work, mm. regardless of how I feel. Right. And embracing that and keeping the focus off of me. So, like, I just show up now. I put my ass in the seat in front of the computer. I put my ass in front of the sponsor. I put my ass in the chair at the meeting. I put my ass, you know, like if I start getting froggy, I, I use the phone, you know, like I don't let myself stew in stuff anymore. And it feels like for the first time in a long time, I've get, been given permission to do that. Uh, it, and I don't know who g- gave the permission, or maybe it's just I finally am ready to do that. But it's been, I mean, it's been, it's been great that our relationship has gotten, uh, has just been here this whole time, dude. Like, I don't know if we've changed because we're still here. I guess, I guess maybe you're right, dude. I think maybe we have, man. I feel, I don't feel like the same guy that was in that car seven years ago. I just don't. Hell no. I wouldn't know what to say to him. (laughs) What could you say, right? Like, what could you say to that guy? Because that guy had to go through those things in seven years to like land here 
right? Right. Like, I don't know, man. I always think about people who did things and something like that topic just reminds me of like Lewis and Clark fucking walking across like the U.S. Like undiscovered territory and like how do you know what's out there until you like step out and like go explore it and figure out like oh okay like here's this thing or like I wouldn't go over there or like this is over here and like yeah I think about people like that and like the courage it took to just to do it that's been the biggest difference for me these last few weeks has been every day I'm having to work myself into the unknown because my brain wants to feel like it knows what the fuck is going on and I want to be in the undiscovered country Mm. and um, yeah dude it's and that's the craziest part about the undiscovered country or the unknown is you have to be willing to let go of how you think things should be and what and and let go of all the at least for me recently letting go of all those narratives in the mental subconscious baggage and fears and insecurities that I'm having to like express and realize and bring them to awareness so so they so they don't continue influencing my path like I have to truly be like I don't know what's going to happen today and I don't know what to expect and I don't know what each next moment's going to bring to be in the unknown. Like I have to work at that. I have to get myself out of the way because I'll start trying. Yeah, I'll just. Isn't that interesting, right? Like you have to for, forget and unlearn what you think you know to learn. Yes. And that takes, it takes effort. It takes effort. That's, and that's where I was reading that thing from as Bill sees it. You know what? I'm going to hit the. I can't remember what it was called. It was the first page that opened up. Um, but yeah, I have to be able to, yeah, guide to a, I don't know what it says, but I have to be able to, um, I have to align my will with the will of the universe or the unknown. And how I do that is I have to put effort into, into things that aren't me and reminding myself constantly that I don't know shit. And uh, I have to be open to what wants to happen rather than thinking I know what needs to happen or what I need or what I think I, is gonna make me happy. Because the happiest I've been has been these last few weeks and it's because I haven't been thinking, I've been doing every night I go to sleep and I read those pages and I go, I think about, you know, did I add value to the stream of life or was I thinking of myself most of the day? And I don't want to be thinking of myself. I want to be part of experiences with people. I want to be in the lives of others. And then that gives me, it feels like when I sit down at the computer and I decide, and it's time to do the work, you know, I've got, I've got a fucking, I get the, I've got the freedom to figure out who I am there. Like that's for me, you know? It's so funny, man. I, <clears throat> I feel like the the impact of social media like cheapens the moments for people and like stops them from like what you're talking about basically. 
right there, right? Like just being part of and like on this like interesting journey of like self-discovery. And the reason why I say that is because I remember we went to like the lights of, of um, like the Christmas lights at the Botanical Gardens and like I would watch people like just take pictures and like the whole thing like set it up and like project this illusion you know what I mean and, and the whole thing the whole time I just kept being like wow like rather than like have this moment and like explain this to somebody and like help them paint the picture and use the power of like imagination and like creativity and like all this stuff you're gonna like cheapen it oh man you know what I mean like you're gonna cheapen it and you're gonna like it's all forged, you know, like you, what they're going to see this picture, but what they don't see is like the 20 attempts before this, or like, you know, like how, like you're so preoccupied with taking said picture that you're not even really like observing what's beautiful behind you or all these people around you. Like you're just concerned about this fictitious like moment that you're trying to create for everybody to see. It's crazy. It was fucking baffling to me. I've, I feel like if I've done it right, hopefully, this is if I've done it right, the art that gets created, this podcast, that song, that essay, what gets created is able to communicate a feeling. Sure. Even if it's a, your thing's photography, if it's able to communicate a feeling. Sure. Um, that's different than what we've got going on nowadays where everybody's just capturing and documenting and sharing and it's like you know it's a, it's it's a form of self-expression it's definitely it's definitely self-expression but it's what is it coming from is it coming from you never know like that's the question you know you have to ask like where is this coming from because you know? it's okay I, I snapchatted all day today dude like I just fucking I'll throw the shit up and just do snapchat and document what i'm doing you know what's crazy to me about that man is like because my personal take is just me like just where i sit today as the man i am today that everybody and and in hindsight just thinking about like the universe and all this other stuff but like we all want to feel super important because we're not we're not really like in the grand scheme of things mm-hmm like in this big thing of gas and fucking neutrons and protons and stuff like man i am like mathematically like this smallest like speckle uh-huh. in that equation but i'm there yeah so i you know i am of some importance yeah you have a you have a this gift of life that uh, statistically is impossible imp- i don't want to say impossible because it's happening but it's like this should be happening, dude. Right. Statistically, right. Like, like speaking, I made the planet it. orbiting the sun and right. an infinitely expanding universe. This shouldn't be happening. But at the same time, you're one of eight billion, I want to say, uh, ants on an, an anthill, you know, eight billion microbes on an organism, planet or organism Earth or whatever. Like we have sprouted from here and we are, you know, cleaning up and destroying and building in the environments, but we're part of this ecosystem. Yeah, like I said, man, you know, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm bashing social media, right? Like, I think it is an excellent tool and can provide, like, a lot of positive. But again, like, when we go all spinal tap and, like, turn the shit to 11, it's volatile. And, oh, yeah. And I see people on, on, like, dates 
you know, and I make it a point like when I'm out with my lady, like I don't, I'm never on my phone. Uh, you know what I mean? Like unless we're like having a discussion and like we want to look something up to continue said conversation. I do the same thing, dude. I I won't be on the phone if I'm talking or around right. or social settings. Right. I won't do it. Right. I won't look at it because there's so much time to do it on you. I'm never bored. There's always something to read on Twitter. You know, like there's always something to look up. Like, and that's the thing too is like, and that's that's it's about for me at least. It's about my relationship with the stuff. It's like. I love publishing something and then hiding from the internet for a day or two. Fair. Uh, yeah, you do that. That's what's going to happen with this. Right. So like, I, I love doing it. And, and I feel like, and I also love seeing my friends do their thing, you know, but like, it's weird because, you know, like family members too. I like seeing them and stuff, but like, they're it, not, it's good. Yeah. But, it, but that's, I'm not, it's not though. It's not what, yeah, I mean, it's the right now the psychology of our culture is fucked because of these smartphones and the social medias, dude. Like, it's just, it's not good. Like, oh, well, who gets to decide what's good or bad? Right. Like, it's an issue. Right. And, and that's why I always think about, you know, if I'm going to be participating, you know, where am I coming from? And am I hoping to add something to this that's not there? Am I hoping to, to be the change I wish I could see kind of a thing? I mean, it's been that way for a long time with me to the point of, you know, manic fucking self, you know, uh, I, I want to say self, because uh, I was really harming myself through doing it because I was so adamant about being different or like attacking the, 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 the construct of social isolation through online mm. networks, you know, like I fucking designed an app. So like <laughs> to build my own one, you went hard in the paint. I went ha- as hard as you could possibly go in the paint to try and fix the problem. And today, and this is uh, the last few weeks, this has been the big change is realizing I can't fix shit. I can't fix or, or change anyone or anything. The best I could be is helpful. That's it. Hopefully I can be helpful. Um, yeah, that's, uh, so there's an there's a there's a there's an essay I wrote a couple of days ago that I'm fucking afraid to afraid to put up, and I talked to my brother about it, and he was like he gave me I'm, something I never used to do was tell people when I was gonna do something. I remember that yeah you would just do it I'd just do it, um and it's so weird I told him and he was like man listen if you're not scared to do it it's not art. It's a good point, and. He's like, what do you know about the artists you love? Like, they would be fucking doing it. What did Trent Reznor do? He didn't scream at a microphone. Pretty hate machine, you know. He, and then release that and say, this is who I am. Not a little nervous about it. A little right, afraid. Right. You know, Marina Abramovich didn't fucking sit. <laughs> Have you heard of her, dude? Mm-mm. She fucking, she's a, she's an artist. That's the best way to describe it. But she literally, she's in, in the Ukraine or in, or in Russia. She, she ran out of gym. She went into the gym, invited, she's a performance artist. She invited and sold tickets, or not sold tickets, but invited everyone to come. She laid in the middle of the gym with about 33 different tools around her, from scissors to a knife to a sword to a gun to clippers to a hairbrush, just random stuff. And it was just a a living doll expression. So she was just going to lay there. People came in and they started looking at her and they'd walk around and then eventually somebody like poked her and she didn't do anything and then 
grabbed the nail clipper and was like, all right. And then scissors started cutting her hair off. And then all of a sudden the dude's got a cattle prod and he's pretending like he's going to poke her with it. And then they're holding a gun to her head, a loaded gun. And it just chaos ensued, what humans did given these, this situation. And she did it to say, you know, like, this is who we are, you know. I don't know what it says. Like, that's open to interpretation. That's Artists, a whole other podcast. Yeah, there's a whole other <laughs> one. Artists, you know, we, we don't want to say what, the, what it means, but it means something. But I, I say that to say, um, I told my brother, he said, what would an artist do, you know? And I'm like, he's fucking right. He is right. And, I, and it's like, I, I don't feel, it doesn't feel weighing on me the way it used to, knowing I'm going to publish something. Like, I know I'm going to be scared when I do it, I'm going to do it, but it's not weighing on me yeah, the way yeah. it used to. It's just like sitting at the computer. It's just like, it's just what I'm going to do. And it feels like talking to my brother, it's like, he reminded me that I'm not alone. Isn't that like a, a great summation for the conversation that we've had today is like, don't be afraid to speak and live your truth and like create art in the process mm. yeah all right that's it that's it <laughs> well we're well, out of here <laughs> and we're done <laughs> no yeah but again dude thanks again man i guess no, this should have ended like 20 minutes ago is when i said yeah should have look at that 23 minutes anyway thanks again man this has been a great day, great hang, great good pump. show, good pump. Good coffee. Good coffee, dude. Patrick Swayze. Sw- dude, Swayze. He's going to be the... Fu- Hopefully I can... I'm going to have to take a picture of that to put that on the... I'll do something with it. But, uh, so yeah. Is there anything else? Is there anything else you want to say? Anything? I'm good. You're good? I'm good. <laughs> I just say that so I can end up talking more about whatever. that. Anyway. Um... Yeah, thanks for tuning in, and uh, we're gonna roll out to some dope music. That's what I like to I like to put music in here. Wait, 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 wait! You don't have a request? Oh, a song for me? Hmm. I'm gonna pick it. You're gonna I'm gonna pick it. You're gonna be surprised. It's gotta be an Outcast song. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.